0: You are listening to Myth Behaving, a podcast with a little bit of attitude on the literary world. Won't you come Myth Behave with us? Hello and welcome to Myth Behaving. This is episode number 21 of the Myth Behaving podcast and we're recording on November the 3rd. I am Carla Clifton and I am joined by my normal partner in crime, Mayor Wilson. Hey Mayor, how are you?
1: I'm fabulous today, Carla. Uh, so many exciting things going on. Just, just having a great old time. How's things over there in East Texas?
0: They're going really, really well. Um, I had a sleepover with the Grand Sugars out in the RV,
1: and we like to froze our butts off. I bet it's getting cold. It's getting cold. And hello, listeners, and welcome to the Myth Behaving Show. Each show features a very special guest from the literary world. It could be a writer, publisher, agent, editor, or anyone else connected with the world of publishing.
0: Plus, we have several special segments related to reading or writing. Be
1: very quiet when hunting books in the library of a myth behavior. And that means it's time for something from the library of a myth behavior, which is me. And today I'm recommending Buried Leads*. This is the second novel in a headline in High Heels Mystery by our very good friend, Lindy Walker. Uh, in this book, Nichelle is back and this time she's juggling politics and murder and a couple of potential boyfriends. And she's doing all of this in her high stiletto heels. So, if you loved the first book and want to follow along with Michelle, make sure you get buried leads. And if you haven't read the first book, pick it up because it is absolutely. Fabulous little mystery. And that must mean our special guest
0: today is Lindy Walker. Welcome back to the show, Lindy. And by the way, congratulations on the success of both your books. And thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
1: We're thrilled to have you chat with us, as always. Miss Lindy, you have really been heating those lists up with both both of your books. And I think our listeners may remember that we interviewed you shortly after book one came out and that's Front Page Fatality, and now you followed up with the second in the series, and it's doing really well, Um, and I got to beta read uh, Buried Leads, which is always fun for me because I'm one of your beta readers, and I love beta reading your stuff, but let's chat about what's happening with this series. What do you attribute the success to in addition to how, I mean, everybody knows you've got to write two good stories, and these are both very good and entertaining you know, we've talked about this in the past. There's a lot of good books
2: out there. What made these two successful? Do you know? Um, you know, it's funny because I, I look at that and I try to analyze it just from a logical standpoint. You know, how do we repeat this next time? Um, I think I have wonderful readers who tell their friends about my books. I the, With Front Page... Looking at it and analyzing it, I do not know this for sure because I never actually saw a copy of it. But the best I have been able to tell, the initial takeoff for it came, I think, from one of the online retailers sending out an email recommending it. You know, you get those emails every once in a while that say, here's this new book that's similar to this other book that you've bought type of a thing. Right, right. I think they sent one of those for front page. I don't know what they compared it to. I don't know for a fact that that's what actually happened. But it's the only thing watching what happens with other books in the industry and you know, checking numbers for other books that I get those emails for myself, that's the only thing I've been able to come up with that I think makes logical sense. That, that I think that's what happened. and And then people bought the book and they read it and they liked it and they said nice things about it. And, um, and I really, I have wonderful readers who tell their friends that they liked the book. Um, I think that's part of what's happened with buried leads. I have not seen such an email come from any of the retailers this time. Um, but between people telling their friends about it, readers who were waiting for the second one to come out because they had read the first one, I think I did manage to build an audience there Um, and the fantastic, innovative marketing folks at Henry press that are behind my books. I think all of that comes together and that's what makes the difference.
1: Good answer. Thanks.
0: Of truth and mythery. Of Truth and Mythery is a segment where we take a commonly held publishing or writing belief and examine whether it's true or just another myth. Lindy, feel free to answer this. Marketing gets easier as you get more books out. Hmm.
2: You know, I think this one is kind of true and false. I I had the chance to have drinks with one of my all-time author idols in May, and he told me the way you build a successful career in the fiction world is to write a better book next time, uh, which I have really held kind of steadfastly to ever since then, and that's really my biggest goal every time I sit down and start a new manuscript is to have it be better than the one before it. I think if you do that, your readership is going to naturally grow with each book, and the more people you have talking about a book, the more copies of it are going to sell. So in that way, I think that this is true. But I also think that that's not to say it's it's all kind of sit back on your laurels after you have more than one book out, because I've done way more marketing this time than I did the first time. And I know from listening to the Industry Grapevine that, you know, famous authors that the rest of us might see as not even really needing marketing work, they work for months and months and months on marketing packages for their new releases that have all kinds of crazy stuff that go into them. Um, so I think you have more people who are listening maybe to market it to, and that part is easier, but I don't think it becomes less work. It, I've, I, I'm getting
1: ready to put my second one out. So I, I know I'm doing as much as I did on the first one.
0: It would make sense that you would. I mean, yes, you're going to be building on it and hopefully building on, you know, the people that bought your first book. But I don't think it ever stops, even for the big guys. I mean, I look at some of the emails um, that I get about Stephen King or Dean Koontz, and they're constantly... Doing something well, I'm sure it's their paid staff. But yeah, you know. I would say it's probably their
1: publicist but I don't think it's them.
0: But it's still it's constant work. Somebody's doing the work, though, is the point I'm trying to make.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's. I think that is a good point. I think it gets easier and see if you agree with me on this I think it gets easier in the sense by the time you get that second one out you've got a better understanding of how things work you're not this neophyte out there flailing and trying to figure out what to do by by the time you start putting those second third titles out you start getting a little bit of 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 a system going and uh, try to build it that way so in that sense i think it's easier but i think you're just doing just as much work
2: yeah i think that's very true i i mean i definitely did know more about what to expect with this one but i was also probably more nervous this time i think before leads came out because you know when front page came out i mean a brand new mystery from a small press that i didn't really have huge expectations for that but then when it took off and it did well and people liked it and they said nice things and I get emails from people that you know there were people waiting for this book to come out and that was a whole different kind of pressure that you know are they gonna like it did I meet that goal of having written a better book next time um it was a very different experience launching this one in that respect. I you know, for I, I got an email from a reader, a woman in Massachusetts, email me on October 1st. you know, it's October 1st. do you know what that means? There's only two more weeks left until your new book comes out. And I thought it was the sweetest email I had ever gotten and it just totally made my day. but at the same time I was like, "Oh my goodness, I so hope you like it. <laughs> because she was very excited about it.
0: Well, see, that would be the one thing that I would worry about, I think, more so than whether they the, those that like it, you know, read the first one like the second one better or whatever, is the fact of getting those emails because with getting those emails comes good and bad. And you you have to almost say, do you listen to the to the bad and do you listen to the good? because just because you have, a few following that love it. What if about the the few that and there may be a few that hate it. You know, who do you listen to and, and, and who is your final judge of, of the product that you come you put out? Do you see where I'm going with that as far as listening to don't listen to everything that people send to you.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely I do. And I think for me personally, I just had to get to a point where I I'm happy with the books as they go out. Um, you know, I do think that so far each successive title has been better in a lot of respects than the one before it. I feel like my writing is stronger. I feel like the storylines are, you know, when you're when you're working on a series, you have this ability to to get to know the characters with each successive book and to explore different things about them in each title. And that's been really a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, there's no book that's universally loved people that I mean, there are gonna there are people who hate Gone with the Wind and Harry Potter, right? And there are gonna be people who don't like it. And you just have to go that person's entitled to their opinion. Thankfully, I'm gonna reach over here and knock very gently on wood. So I don't mess up the audio as I say that um, I have not been unfortunate enough to get emails (laughs) From people who did not care for mine, I, I imagine they probably just closed it and went on their way. Um, every once in a while, I see a review pop up where somebody says they didn't care for something I did. You know, there I remember seeing one where the person said that the the mystery was fine and the plot was good, but the high heels the the author kept mentioning high heels and that was irritating. And I thought, well, the, they're giant high heels on the cover of the book, so but to each
1: their own. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you kind of expect the heels. And that's that's her that's her whole thing. And and when and remember Lindy when we when I first beta read book 1 and I said that to you I go, "Doesn't she have sneakers that she carries in her car for when she has to go clomping around?" And you're like, "No, you're missing the point."
2: <laughs> right? And, Not uh, yet. Although she does, she does say early on in Leeds, you know, someday I'm going to remember to get a pair of rain boots to stick <laughs> in the back of the car for when I have to go do this because you get called out to stuff and you don't know what you're going to be doing. So, um, but it's you I, know and I love the fact that she hasn't
1: remembered to do that yet. She still right? ends up She's still clomping around.
2: You know, she's the 80-hour work weeks and uh, all these men hanging around, and she has too much other stuff going on <laughs> to remember to go buy rain boots and put them in the car. I love that.
1: I love that. Lindy, hey. uh, Henry Press is just such an awesome house to be with. Uh, I want to stay with our marketing theme just a little bit longer. What strategies do they and you use? Do you collaborate with them at all on what strategies do they tell you what they're going to do? How can you walk us through that a little
2: bit? Um, I hear about some stuff I do. And thank you. They, I, I really do feel like I'm, I'm Michelle and I are very blessed to have landed at Henry. It truly has been a wonderful experience and I love everyone on the staff there my editor is fantastic I'm very blessed with an editor who is good at her job and has a very sharp eye but also really gets my stories and what I'm trying to do with them and she can see when that's not coming across and point out things that hey you know we need to change this because I see what you're trying to do but it's not working and if we make it this way um So that's wonderful. And they they do, they have a really fantastic staff there and the marketing people are great. I know that most of the marketing stuff they do is online. Um, And there are some things, sometimes when they will talk to me about things and if it's something that I don't understand, I just go, okay, well, that's why that's their job and not mine. And um, (laughs) I, but I feel like I'm really, really lucky to have a fantastic network of people both locally and all over. I have writing friends. I have other friends. Um, I And I think that helps too. I, I am lucky enough to have friends who are very supportive and they buy my books and they share things about them on Twitter and Facebook. Um, the publishing house marketing of the books is done largely with a targeted social media structure that I don't entirely understand, but it does seem to work um we talk about things sometimes when like when front page came out and it just went bonkers that first week and I went whoa what happened with this and it took us a while to will it back to we think that that the retailer must have sent an email because we just couldn't I mean even they couldn't figure it out when I was talking to the marketing folks on the phone they said you know I, oh, well, it's a great book. And there's this and I went, yes, that well, thank you. And I greatly appreciate that. But there are lots of good books out there that don't put up these kind of numbers, especially from an author nobody's ever heard of what did it so that we can repeat it next time. And at first, we really did both just come up with, you know, I don't know, it's It just did all of a sudden. And so that was one of those things that we kind of worked through and figured out together eventually from, you know, both of us watching the different emails and different books that they were sent about from the different retail sites. We went, aha, okay, well, we didn't see it, but surely this is what must have caused that. Um, You know, for my part, I do some appearances. Uh, I actually have my first kind of out of town one. Coming up next month, when Heartache Motel comes out, I'm going to be in Annapolis, Maryland at the Annapolis bookstore on December 12th for a Midnight Madness Christmas shopping event that they're having. That sounds like lots of fun. I do a lot of blog appearances and interviews online. Um, And I will say that one thing that I learned from the launch of the first book and into the second one is that if you're an author and you're looking to find a way to get your book on book blogs, don't try to set it up yourself because it's so much work and you will drive yourself nuts. And there are really great blog tour companies out there that will set that stuff up for you and not charge you an arm and a leg. Um, and I really do think that, I mean, there are a lot of big book blogs that you can get on and giving their readers that they've already taken the time to build an audience with a glimpse of you and your book from this website that they trust sells books. I bet it does. So, you know, I mean, a lot of the bloggers, that this, the sites that I've been on uh, with the blog tour that I just finished up for Buried Leads, they put the Amazon links right there underneath, you know, the blogger will post a review and they're, they put the buy link right there. And if you're a reader and you've been reading that person's blog and you know that you generally agree with their opinion, it's real easy to just click that button and go over and buy the book.
1: Absolutely. What blog tour company are you using
2: um the one that I just finished up the Leeds tour with is uh I think it's called Great Escapes Book Tours. I'm pretty sure that that's what it is.
1: So our listeners can uh
2: Yeah. And she's wonderful. Um I, the lady is just as nice as she can be and she did a great job setting everything up and um and she has a really big following and it you know for her own personal book blog and she actually featured both of my books on there because she had not read front page until I contacted her about doing the tour for leads and she really liked them both and she said really nice things about them both and it it was a really really great experience and she handled everything even when you know there there was that last minute somebody was having server issues and couldn't get a post up on a day, and she emailed me and said, I already found a replacement blogger, and they're gonna have their post up in like a half an hour. And gee, I'm so sorry. She was really great.
1: And she can be found where?
2: Um, stand by, and I will tell you for sure.
1: But well, if you'll send us the link, we'll get that up on uh, oh, okay, yeah, on, on your show notes. So, okay. Uh, you know, our, our listeners who are, our writers can uh, take a look. Is she genre specific to mystery or does she do?
2: I don't think so. Um, I've seen other kinds of books on, on the website. And so I don't think, I mean, there, I know, you know, most of the ones that most of the blogs that my book was on, they, they have a tendency to lean toward mystery or some of them, you know, mystery and romance type of a thing, but I don't, remember there being a a specific list of genres that she would book for i'll check that though
1: yeah shoot me the link lindy and i'll go ahead and i'll put that up on your show notes great it's time for myth print tips and
0: tricks of the industry well, it's time for another one of our special segments. Mythprint includes a basic tip concerning writing, marketing, or anything else to do with the industry. Lindy, do you have any tips, writing in general, that you can share with our listeners? Really, the
2: biggest thing I can tell you is do it every day. I mean, you know, I take time off in between books, but not for very long. And I really think that's how you get better. I've I, I think practice makes perfect is a cliche for a reason. And if you sit down and write every day, that's the best way to improve your craft. And it's also the best way to actually finish a project. That's great advice. You know, the last seven months have been such a
1: thrill ride for you with with both of these books. Has this affected you on the personal level
2: at all? Um, I've gotten to do some really super cool stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so share. (laughs) <laughs> I have met and chatted and emailed with people I have admired forever, which has just been awesome. Um, you know, I, I mean, I got to, I met and had a, a very long conversation with Laura Lipman at Malice in May. And I, I mean, my gosh, you know, she was, was, has been one of my favorite authors for a long, long time. And she was just as nice and down to earth as she could possibly be. Um, at that same conference, I had drinks on Saturday night with Harlan Coben because I've turned around and he was standing behind me and he introduced himself because I was staring at him with my mouth hanging open a little bit (laughs) because he was standing (laughs) there. Um, but again super, super nice guy. I mean, really, it's, it's so amazing to meet people that you look up to, and they're nice people. And that has really been fun. Um, I spent a good chunk of this week emailing back and forth with Hank Philippi Ryan for crying out loud. I mean, you know, talk about the hero of mystery writers who write about reporters, and she is just amazing and so nice. That it's, you know, I mean, with everything that she has going on, the fact that she took time out of her schedule to have me on uh, a writing blog that she's part of for an interview and and email back and forth with me for the better part of an entire day this week, putting it together and making sure that everything about it was right, just completely blew me away. People, that's been really just a a fantastic part of all this. Um, Other than that, I mean, is my regular day to day life different? I have more work to do. And um, every great once in a while, I get this question about what it's like to be famous. Somebody that I went to high school with will post something on Facebook about, you know, my friend is famous or um, I'll get that in an interview. And it always makes me laugh because (laughs) I think if I'm famous, I want to recount on this whole laundry thing because famous people
1: (laughs) And, well, and
2: I bet you do a lot because you got those three little ones. I do. I always have this massive pile of laundry, no matter how much time I spend doing it and folding it. I think it breeds in the hamper. And, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's hilarious. Um, have you changed anything about how you write? I mean, your actual process as you've gotten uh, more book written?
2: Um, I don't think I've really changed anything about the process. I think that my writing has gotten stronger with every book and I am really really proud of that. The process is pretty much every word for itself because I have three small children <laughs> so I write whenever and wherever I can uh, especially with the the third book in the Headlines and High Heels series that I just turned into my editor was, I mean, really written just whenever I could manage to squeeze in some time with my laptop over the summer because I wrote it all this summer while my children were out of school which was a very poor planning on my part um but I feel like maybe the I've learned a lot of things from the editing process on the first two books and so I know better what to look for when I go back to revise it I know um you know what kind of stuff has tripped me up before so I think I have a a better eye to keep out for that hopefully and I hope that I'm turning in cleaner copy every time because of that. Um, but that's, I mean, you know, sitting down and squeezing in time with my with my laptop whenever I can has pretty much always been how I write since I started doing this.
1: Okay, so what's next? Can you tell us a little bit about your next
2: project? Oh, goodness. I have been so very busy. Uh, in the immediate future, pretty immediate future anyway, six weeks, um, I have a novella called Dateline Memphis that's a Michelle story in an anthology that will be out uh, December 10th. Um, the title of the anthology is Heartache Motel, and my friends Larissa Reinhardt and Terriel Austin and I had such great fun making up this seedy little Memphis motel to send our mystery series heroines too. So we have Christmas at Graceland with Elvis impersonators and drag queens and lots of mayhem, of course. Um, And then in the spring, the third Headlines and High Heels book will be out. Um, This one is called Small Town Spin and Nichelle is out in this little teeny bitsy town on the Virginia coast investigating a suspicious string of what the local sheriff is calling suicides, but she doesn't quite buy that. And her love life is heating up and getting more complicated. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> it's It was a lot of fun. I had a really, really good time writing it, and I really hope people have fun reading it. Sounds. Like I'm sure been, they will. Yeah, and it sounds like you've been really busy. Yes, I have. And <laughs> I'm very thankful to have a little bit of a break right now. <laughs> I bet you are. Well, Henry Press is almost
0: textbook par- perfect for how a small press should be run. If we can go by how they've handled your books, could you walk us through what happens from the time you sign a new contract to the release date?
2: Yes, I can. And they are, they really are wonderful. I I know, I mean, I probably sound like a broken record. I can't say enough nice things about the team and Henry. Um, First, these days, I have to write the book and turn it in. And then I get a detailed schedule back from my editor about when everything is due to everyone. she has these amazing lists. Like she's the most organized person I think I've ever met in my whole life, which is pretty much exactly the opposite of me. Um, she I actually got to go to her office and visit with her a little bit over the summer. And it was truly an amazing thing to walk into her office and see. She has this entire wall that is covered with these giant lists for every book that she's working on. And she gets to go over at the end of the day and check off everything that she did. But I, it's a whole wall <laughs> that's wow. covered with pieces of paper, with things that she has to do. And it's really something else. But she she keeps everybody on track because I get a this very detailed spreadsheet about when I have to have everything to everyone for the whole course of from when I turn the manuscript into her until the book comes out. Um, next up, I get my edit letter, which I'm waiting for on Small Town Spin. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with these things like all writers do. Uh, it's always hard to see what needs to be changed but she is very good at her job and it always makes the story better so then revisions ensue and then come redline edits and copy edits and galleys uh, i talk to other authors about blurbing for me around that time usually and then i get the advanced reader copies um I take care of sending advanced reader copies to the authors who are reading for blurbs. Henry sends out all of the other ARCs to reviewers and publications and all of of those people. Um, I send in final corrections after the ARC is proofread, which I swear my editor and I were just discussing this the other day because the ARC corrections just went in for Heartache Motel and it's like there are computer gremlins i mean i'm so thankful for the fact that that we get the advanced reader copies because things that i don't see no matter how many times i have read a manuscript when it's something about it when it's printed out it looks like an actual book and i go through to proofread it's like they jump out of the page and dance you know hey i'm a mistake right here um yeah so once i send those back then that's everybody starts chatting up the book online leading up to the release day and then launch day is always a lot of fun. Wow. That just sounds
0: so busy and so much work. <laughs> and you know, when you, when you told me about walking into your editor's office and seeing these, all these things on the wall, the my, the instant thing that came to my mind was watching Criminal Minds and having all of that evidence and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's white so barns. It kind of looks like
2: a detective's <laughs> office. Yes. The detectives that I used to work with at the police department would have, you know, maps and files and photos and different things exactly it looks kind of like that she's got this whole wall that's the you know all of these lists and it's it I mean it really is an amazing thing um but it's a lot of work it's a lot of fun I really I have a good time with this there, there are a- always some parts of a job that are more fun than others but I really really love doing this and I wouldn't trade it for anything
1: and you do it so well oh well thank you darling <laughs> you do. Well, I love reading your books. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that this is is working out. It uh it's just it's been amazing to to be uh you know, a friend watching this happen for you. And it's it's really it's 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 just as exciting on the sidelines I bet as it is. Well, probably not exactly as exciting as it is for you, but it's pretty exciting for your friends on the sideline. I want you to know.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I really greatly appreciate that. It's a I just it's it's been an amazing year. It I mean seriously, like more than I would have ever dreamed of come true. And I'm just very very excited that I get to do this thing that I love and I get to be here with my kids and I'm very very blessed with all of that. The myth number
1: And now it's time for Myth Nomer, our word or phrase for the day. And today's word is fan. Lindy, do you have any special tips to give on how you interact with your fans?
2: <laughs> I have fans. Uh... <laughs> I guess I do I have wonderful wonderful readers and I appreciate every single one of them and by that token I guess I interact with them like I would anyone else um you know people say sweet things about my books and I tell them thank you for reading and I'm so glad that they enjoyed it and were inclined to share that with me I always answer my email I actually got a comment the other day from a uh, magazine editor Who had asked me For an interview Where she said You know You still answer Your personal email And I think that's really cool And I thought Well of course I answer my email <laughs> And uh, and when people message me online I always reply Because I figure If people took the time To read my book And let me know They liked it Then the least I can do Is take the time To respond to them That's fabulous advice
0: I like it Well What is An ideal playlist For someone To listen to While they read Buried Leads*?
2: Well I gotta tell y'all I uh those wonderful readers I was talking about a second ago I owe them a great big thank you for this one because I am terrible at making playlists but I asked them for help and they came up with really great stuff so I'm very excited to share that with y'all I have uh Kelly Pickler's red high heels and Cher's bang bang Kelly Clarkson's stronger the mission impossible theme one way or another (laughs) taking care of business Patsy Cline's walking after midnight CCR's bad moon rising and Garth Brooks's we shall be free great Uh, I love that
1: list we've got to put we've got to post that list on the website too
2: oh I would be so excited to have y'all do that because I really loved it too and it was so funny because you know I'm not good at this but then people started answering and I was like oh yes that's great okay y'all keep them coming because I just went to Facebook and said hey if you've read the book I got this question for an interview I'm doing this weekend and I'm not good at this you guys help me out And people really came through. It was a lot of fun to watch the answers come in.
0: Oh, I bet. And and I never thought I'd see a playlist with Patsy Cline on it and CCR, you know? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Because they're such polar opposites, but I love them both. There you go. And I do too and I just thought those those were so perfect because of course, you know, if if you've read the book, then walking after midnight has to be in there and, you know. Absolutely. And bad moon rising right there along with it in the same scene. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are great. Your your
1: your readers did they did you, they did good by you. They did. They're they wonderful. did really good. Okay, I asked you this the last time, but you've had a few more interviews since then. So, I'm going to ask you again. What question do you never get asked that you wish someone would ask, and what would you answer?
2: Oh, and this one's always so hard for me. Um, I, I cannot think of anything pertinent to the books that I haven't been asked this time around. I've had folks come up with some really amazing questions, and I've done so many interviews. So I'm going to go with what was my favorite thing about reporting. I don't think anybody's ever specifically asked me that. And the answer to that one is the people I got to meet. I love people and getting to talk to them and tell their stories was my very favorite part of journalism.
1: That's that's a fabulous answer.
2: Thank you. It really was. That's that's why I got into it. I love people and I wanted to do something that could help people and inform people. And it, it was really, it was a great job. I just couldn't handle the hours after I had children.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you've got the, the the next best thing, or maybe the first best thing, because now you get to write
2: and be home with the kids. I do. It's it's It truly is the best of both worlds. It's I really have just had a blast with this.
1: And plus, you're writing about reporting, so you've still got your fingers, I bet, dipped into different sources there in your hometown I would imagine yes no maybe I do
2: and I thought you might <laughs> it is you know I mean I still talk to people who um who still work in the industry just because I have friends who still do that for a living but I, I will say this: fictional bereaved people and surly police officers are so much easier to deal with than real life ones Yeah, so that's a big plus for the
0: fiction. I bet it is. Well, again, this may have changed since the last time we talked to you. So we're going to ask this again as well. Everyone has their own personal myths, things a lot of people think about us that may or may not be true, their own personal myth behaviors. What myth behavior do people believe about you that is absolutely not true? true
2: you know i think this one is probably still largely the same as last time um i hear from people all the time that i seem like i have it all together and i do not know where they get that from (laughs) i think that is so far from the truth they can't see the truth with binoculars uh you know i about half the time i take my children to the bus in pajamas because we overslept and everybody was almost late to school. I think my house generally looks like the children have planted small explosive devices throughout it unless somebody's coming over. Um, I do manage to keep everyone clean and their teeth brushed and fed and all of the essential things. But it's not like walking into Donna Reed's house when you come over here.
1: Okay. So what misbehavior do people believe about you that is true and has that changed?
2: Um, I think this goes back to one of the things that, that, um, my fantastic marketing folks at Henry told me once, which is that I'm, they say I'm genuine and people, um, that comes across when I'm interacting with people. And, I do think that that's true. I think uh, I, you know, open book party of one. What you see is what you get. I, I'm not always cool, but I'm not ever fake either. I think that I would does. agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think that does come across. I mean, yeah. it does, at least when I'm talking to you and I don't know you personally, you know, um, you just seem so honest and genuine and like you've got so much going on. And I think you're all together is all together more than you think it is.
1: Oh. We'll see, but, but Carla, she really is like this. She's like this all the time. She's just a sweetheart.
0: Oh, I, I have no doubts about that at all. Well, thank you.
1: I really, I can, I can say that because I've known her for gosh. Gretchen and I were trying to figure this out over the weekend. Um, another author friend of ours, Gretchen McNeil, uh, was in Vegas at the Vegas Valley uh, Book Festival, and we were trying to figure out how long we've all known each other and. It's somewhere between two and three years now.
2: It's been, yeah. I remember... I want to say Lisa was the first one in our little group that I, you know, met, um, with air quotes around it online. And that was in September, October of 2009, I think. So it's been about four years and I
1: came in about three years ago.
2: And yeah, but it really, I mean, you know, I've, I really have been fortunate to have made some amazing friends in the industry and to have gotten to know people who have been so wonderfully supportive um, and that's something that I'm really thankful for. You know that's that's
1: you know we talk about that and I don't think people realize just how true that is. Sure you you come across the the author who has the ego or whatever but I've got to say that by and large everybody I've met online and in person for the most part They are all helpful and sweet and generous of their time and uh, very honest about helping you out if they can. And if they can, they they will genuinely help you out. It's really almost a tight-knit community in one sense.
2: It is. And I think that's very true. I've had very much the same experience. And um, that was actually something along those lines. One of the things that Laura Lipman said when I talked to her in the spring was, you know, she said, I remember the first time I came to something like this, and I was standing in the hallway, tugging on my friend's sleeve, pointing, going, look, it's Mary Higgins Clark. And, you know, she said people, I mean, people were nice to me when I was new. And we try really hard to be conscious of that and pay it forward when there are new people coming in behind us.
0: And I think yeah. that is so admirable. And that just goes back to what we just said about you and your personality is that you're so giving and and so genuine and You know, that just makes you just terrific in my book. Can you tell I'm a fan? thank you. (laughs) See, you've got fans. That's right. (laughs) Well, Lindy, listen, thank you so much for being our guest. It's already at the end of our show, and
2: we appreciate um, all the information that you've shared with us. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me back again. I've had such a good time. I always have fun talking to y'all.
1: Well, we have fun having you, and you really did give us some really good information that I hope uh, our our listeners... That want to write, uh, pay attention to because you, you gave us some gems today that I, I think will uh, stand some people in some good stead there. I hope so.
0: I really do. And remember, everyone, you can go to MythBehaving.com for more information about Lindy Walker and links to her books. You can also read her bio and find links to her social media.
1: And don't forget that you can download this episode on iTunes. So if you've got friends who don't have time to sit in front of the computer, pass on and let them know that they can download this episode. Or if they do have time, they can listen to it right on the MythBehaving.com website.
0: And please take a moment to leave us a positive uh, feedback on iTunes. That's how we move up the iTunes ladder. But that's also how
1: we learn and we get better at what we're doing. So please go back there and leave us that feedback. And don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes and never miss an episode.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Myth Behaving. We'll see you again next time. I'm Carla.
1: And I'm Mare. And we are Myth Behaving, where reality meets fantasy. See you soon.